0: congratulations, you won the giveaway from last week. Now, comic fan, enjoy your trending comic list. Big thanks to Noah, comic fan. We're chatting the trending comic books of the week. And you know we have an Overstreet Price Guide advisor at the table, Russ Bright. How are you feeling?
1: I am great, Tom. You know what? There is a Silver Age book on this list that Tom and I think is criminally undervalued, and another
0: book that is double option. What a crazy week. A lot of spec that I'm very, like, ready to get behind, and it's affordable. Slap the subscribe button, comic fam. Hit that like button. You know we have a giveaway at the end of the video, and at the list at number 10, James Tynan Fourth. Are you freaking kidding me? This is the writer of our generation, and he's blowing my mind with every title he starts.
1: You might think that the fourth means that his great-grandfather his grandfather, and his father were all named James. No, it means that he has four times the writing power of any other comic book writer out there. But seriously, Nice House in the Lake, number one variant. This is the one in 25 Werther Delaria variant. $30 average sales right now, brand new this week, and this thing was hot. Fire guy Ryan actually hit me up Tuesday night and said, Russ, have you read the book? And I responded back, no, I haven't. He's like, do it first thing because
0: when we get to the shop, we have to talk about this. Dude. Fire guy Ryan did the same thing to me. I didn't know he texted you. (laughs) He hits me up and he's like, yo, dude, I'm only halfway through the comic and I had to stop to tell you you need to read this. So we're going to chat about the book and what's going on this week's podcast. So make sure to subscribe to the channel and anticipate that. But we have some other variants that the comic fam needs to be keeping an eye out for. Cover B After you read this comic, you're going to respect it so much and appreciate that you can still get it for $5 average sales. I'm like, I need this book. There's also um, a John Gallagher variant. It's gorgeous. Going for $30. Keep in mind, there is also a great store exclusive by John Zhang for
1: this book, and you'll remember him because he did this really creepy Joker variant for Deceased a few months ago. Dude, that thing is sick, dude. It's like Joker's like, but that book's going
0: for $15 averages as well, and I have high hopes for this comic book. I have high hopes that everything James Tynan does, especially considering that Mimetic is one of my all-time favorite comics ever. Let's take a look at number nine on the list. We have some Jane Foster goodness with what Thor number two undervalued, underappreciated the first full appearance of Jane Foster as Thor. Now she has appeared prior to this, but they are a bunch of cameos and they go for way more money than what this issue two does. $25
1: average sales and $135 for a CGC 9.8, 700% increase in copies sold this week. Is it because number one doesn't have as much in there? Is it because number two is less expensive? I'm not quite certain, but people are really getting behind Jane Foster with the new movie coming out.
0: Well, Tales from the Flipside showcase this book on one of their spec lists. It's a great channel on YouTube, and they also provide valuable insight to Key Collector Comics. And members, I think, were surprised that this book was so much cheaper than the other cameo appearances. Like, consider this. You just reported on $135 average 9.8 sale of this Cover A? Well, we have the Assad Ribic variant, 1 in 25 variant of this issue hitting $155. Wow, that's cheap. $20 more for a 1 in 25 variant, mm-hmm. both of which that are under $200, definitely worth considering. Then take a look at the second print. This has the uh, blue banner and then there's also the third print with the green banner. Key Collector Comics is reporting sales that are averaging between like 15 for the second print and 40 for the third print and in a matter of a week we're seeing sales hitting 40 for the second print and 60 for the third print people are specking on this character for good reason and i think they undervalued her full appearance in comic books
1: Another book that's completely and totally undervalued.
0: Number eight on the
1: list, Amazing Spider-Man number 41. First appearance of the Rhino from the Silver Age. I love this book. I love this cover. I love this character. And the fact that we're hearing that there's going to be a Sinister Six appearance, he may very well be one of that team.
0: Get this. This was actually one of the very first Silver Age, like, Marvel major villain keys that I purchased in my early twenties when I was really getting deep into collecting and I was trying to do it like in a more affordable way Yeah, under $30 for a 12 center for a character that's been in multiple animation adaptations, for a character that's hit the screen before, and that I still think has room to grow considering what blue chip books are doing. We'll report on a 9.2 right now, hitting $3,000. Now that is one of the higher end copies right now. But consider this, an 8.0 can be secured for around $1,000. Can you even think of any other villain to that stature that is appearing on a cover for one of the most respected collectible comic book runs in existence, Amazing Spider-Man for
1: an AO. And if you consider that 39 and 40 are like John Romita senior keys and number 50 is the first Kingpin key, this is from the era of really
0: expensive, Amazing Spider-Man keys. And this book is really overlooked. We've heard so many rumors about Spider-Man No Way Home, whether it be the multiple villain spec, the Spider-Man spec, Andrew Garfield, me McGuire possibly getting in the mix even though Andrew said that he didn't even receive a call. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But we have a villain cast that is prime for being reutilized. Rhino's on that list, but you know we're all crossing our fingers for the Sinister Six finally showing up on the screen because we've seen Doc Ock. We've seen Electro, the Lizard. Heck, will we see Green Goblin? Will we see the Sandman again? By the way, all of these characters are being spec upon right now more than ever. Rhino looks like a great bet.
1: I am super excited and really hope I get to see Vulture again because, you know, Michael Keaton was so good and as a Bat fan, big fan. But 180% increase in copies sold this week is a lot for a Silver Age book.
0: At the list at number seven, we have a Golden Age character that was retconned, reintroduced during the Earth 2 narrative, during the New 52. We have Earth 2 number one, the reintroduction of Alan Scott, the introduction of a character that debuted... In All-American Comics issue number 16, the first Green Lantern, also known to be the Sentinel in the pages of the New 52, reimagined with a different sexual preference and a origin story that is heartbreaking. So in October 2020 we had
1: news that Alan Scott was going to be in the new Green Lantern show for HBO Max. Well, this week we find out that there was casting information that Jeremy Irvine is going to be playing this character. This has driven the book to a 360% increase in copies sold with a $6 average sale and a $20 high sale.
0: In issue number 1 we're introduced to Alan Scott, this reimagining of the character. But it's in issue number 2 that we see the retcon begin to take place, his origin story is- being changed, we meet his life partner. We meet the person that he wants to propose to by the end of the issue. And then tragedy strikes, an explosion, death occurs. And it's in issue three where we see Alan Scott become the Green Lantern the most powerful being on earth too, a elemental conduit that channels life energy through the green lantern and green flame superpowers bestowed providing him superhuman strength and the ability to control the mystical all channeled through the engagement ring of his fallen murdered lover. And now we're at number six with some Boom Studios goodness. We have Colin Bunn, who is one of the best horror writers in the game right now, producing a variant for an issue about horror fantasy. It is the... Hold up, unlockable variant one per store. We're talking about basilisk number one. Explain to me what's going on with this book because it's hitting $40 average sales.
1: Unlockable variant. Yeah, that's kind of an odd thing when you hear about it. We know ratio variants. We know, you know, one per twenty-five, one per stores. So the unlockable variants mean from Boom Studios, you specifically have to order at least one of a comic book to be able to order one of the unlockable variant. This is normally something a shop can do on fine loader cutoff. So if you're looking at unlockable one per store, It's maximum one per store for every shop across the country. But if that shop doesn't do final or cutoff or isn't paying attention enough and didn't buy one copy of it, they won't get it. So we know at maximum there's only 2,500 copies of this book across the country, probably substantially fewer than this because not so many shops are going to buy Fast list number one,
0: and that's an estimate of like how many stores exist. So if sure. each one of them ordered one copy of this, they would have the opportunity to buy a one per store. Why wouldn't they get it? Because it's lower print count could spike. Yeah, it hit forty dollars average sales.
1: Well, and we've seen a lot of these unlockable variants in the last six months from Boom Studios, and it's great, kind of like a retailer. Thank you, but every single Firefly gets an unlockable variant, and we had an unlockable variant for the you know Proctor Valley Home. We've had a bunch of other unlockable variants that aren't selling for a lot, and people don't really care about. So the fact that we have one that all of a sudden spikes, this is a crazy thing. $40 average sales for a book that came out this week, and it's got a lot of good buzz.
0: This comic just came out. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. I wasn't able to find one because all the stores that I went to were sold out, but we do have color work, artwork done by Joseph Scharf that is so fantastic, offering like a very moody vibe, but also a dreadful vibe that complements Cullen Bunn's writing, where we follow chimeras that's right five chimeras uh animal fusion hybrid of multiple species that have terrifying superpowers all linked and related to the five senses yeah this one's wild and i'm so hyped to get a hold of a copy oh tom our book showed up that's right oh something is killing the children raf grissetti variant issue number 16 we had two boxes get shipped Literally, one went to Europe and the other went to like the East Coast. We got them both. Damages are atrocious, but that means we are back open for enrollment. First come, first served. comictom 101com to join or hit the link in the description. Secure some something is killing the children. Goodness. Erica Slaughter, Origin Comic Fam. Join the community. Let's number number five on the list. Craven is causing a ruckus.
1: Number five on the list: Web of Spider-Man number 32, a classic Mike Zeck. Cover. Now, this book is going for $10 average sales, and we could find a $350 high sale for CGC 9.8 back in April. So I have a very strong feeling that we're probably going to see more of these high grade ones going because there has been information that
0: Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be playing Craven in the new solo film. That's right, an increase of copies sold of 450%. Key collector broke this news months ago that a Craven solo movie was in the works, but I still think that people are surprised this week seeing a name attached, which is pushing this hold up part four of the five part run that took place across multiple titles. Yes. It's not part one, two, or three that we're talking about today. We're talking about part four because of the mic's that cover. This thing is so damn classic with the interiors that just accompany such a dark, moody story. This is one of Craven's best narratives in comics. But will it be adapted? I'm not too sure about that.
1: Well, it's a great miniseries. And the fact that it went over Web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, and Amazing Spider-Man, it's really one of those that tied a lot of the Spider-Universe together right before the whole Venom storyline. But honestly, Craven in a solo movie seems like a heck of a stretch. The fact that we're already talking about cramming six different characters into, you know, the new Spider-Man
0: movie, why would Kraven get his own solo movie? Unless he's going to get some type of, like, anti-hero treatment similar to Venom and he's definitely no Venom character but I digress because at number 4 we have Amazing Spider-Man 294 The Fifth Part to Kraven's Last Hunt one of the darkest Spider-Man comics I think I've ever read
1: so yeah, some foreshadowing. This is part five of Craven's Last Hunt and the death of Craven, the Hunter by self-inflicted gunshot wound. $40 average sales, and again, $329.99 back in mid-April. The high grades of these books are not being sold right now, but 185% increase in copies sold since last week. If you haven't read this miniseries, get on it. It is amazing. Craven's Last Hunt is really just a great one from the 1980s.
0: Well, clearly Butch heard Craven the Hunter talk, so my orange gato had to get in the video. (laughs) But this comic is up 185% in copies sold with a height also based back in mid-April of $330 for a 9.8. I suspect that this is going to go higher and it's going to also see a slight inflation for that newsstand copy that's a little harder to secure at that height of grade. Number three
1: on the list, we have another book from the Millarverse. We keep talking about more and more of these books. This Super Crooks number one coming in at number 3 this week has been going for $20 average sales with a high CDC sale of 220 for a 9.8. Now I'm a little shocked that we hadn't talked about this because a few months ago we knew that there was an anime coming and we knew that there was a release date in later September.
0: Well, we found out this week that there is now a live action which means it's double optioned. That's right. How strange because this announcement of a live action adaptation in addition to the animation film that's going to hit Netflix or series, whichever one it is, we have word that Jupiter's Legacy will not be getting a sequel, a second season, and they're releasing the actors and actresses from contract. So although we're losing one part of this Malarverse in the Jupiter's Legacy world, another one just opened Yes, Super Crooks actually has some ties to Jupiter's legacy where we follow the villains who go on one last big heist. They're going to Spain and they're trying to get rich. Regardless, Tom, 1,020% increase in copies sold
1: because... All of these things are going to happen in the Jupiter's Legacy universe. People did like the show, and even if Netflix isn't continue with that, we're going to see more and more things happening, even
0: with the villains and super crooks. Regardless of what critics have to say, Jupiter's Legacy will remain intact. It will continue, especially as the Millarverse evolves. Now at the list at number two, we have the Dora Milaje, looking like they are more and more tied to the greater MCU at large. Not only... Announcements pointing to their appearances in a new Wakanda show that was being relayed to the community just months ago through announcements courtesy of Kevin Feige, but now a solo film starring Their leader and possible origin story. Number two on the list this week, Black Panther number one from 1998.
1: This book is seeing $45 average sales and $475 for a CGC 9.8. If you were watching The Falcon and Winter Soldier, you saw a lot of the Dora Milaje. So, when we have rumors this week that Okoye is getting their own spinoff series, we're not sure if this is going to be the Wakandan series they talked about or another entirely different series. But there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in this universe.
0: Akoya makes her first appearance. Nakia makes her first appearance in this comic. The Dormelage makes their first appearance in this comic book. We have Wakanda on the table and a potential spinoff series and a book for a major MCU hero. A badass and a group going for under $50 high average sales, pick this comic up. 425% increase in copies sold this week. And keep
1: in mind that that high sale was back in April as well. So this is the type of thing that we're not seeing a lot of high-grade copies of this book out there. And the next few that sell are probably
0: going to get really expensive. Comic fam, you know, these 10 comic books, although are hot, Although they are trending, they're not the only ones you need to know about. That's right. They're sourced from a larger list of 20 over on the best comic app in existence. We're chatting Key Collector Comics. And if you use the code TOM101, it unlocks a free two-week subscription of this comic app where you can categorize your comics, get approximate average pricing of your comics, maintain your collection, and add so much insight and information that's only going to become more and more valuable to your hunt. Now, let's take a look at number one on the list. The number one trending comic book in the world. Courtesy of Chip Zdarsky back in 2017, we have Spectacular Spider-Man number one.
1: This is not the book that I was expecting to talk about this week. And you know what? Teresa Parker is not a character I was expecting to talk about. Did you know that Peter Parker actually got reconnected with his sister many years after she was adopted out, and she's a CIA
0: agent. That's right, courtesy of Nick Fury, getting trained all up to become such a badass after her secret birth was learned by our patch-wearing protagonist. This character gets featured in the last pages of this book, causing a $5 average sale and an uptick in copies sold of 1,233% this week after the amazing Spider-Man 67 reintroduction of this character that I suspect surprised a lot of Spidey fans if they weren't aware of her existence, if
1: at all. Teresa actually teaming up with the chameleon in The Chameleon Conspiracy. She's breaking him out of prison, but Marvel is alluding to the fact that she'll be teaming up with Peter sometime in the very, very near future. Now, the really interesting thing is the high sales on this book, we don't really know. $33 for a CGC 9.8 was one sale that we found, and there was another one that looks like there was a best offer less than $235, but we don't know the exact price because eBay
0: is working very, very hard to make us not know best offers anymore. And that $33 sale was prior to issue 67 coming out. So safe to assume the seller probably accepted something above a hundred dollars with that listed price. Definitely. Meaning we can safely say the book has tripled in value at the least.
1: Tripling is probably a safe bet. There were a lot of really affordable books to spec on and collect this week. What do you guys think? Comment down below.
0: Yeah, let me know what you think about this list. This video, I want you to win one of two copies of our Master of Kung Fu Shang-Chi variant. We appreciate your time today. Go follow Noah over on Instagram. He's a great kid. And,
1: as always, geek responsibly.
0: Enough said comic fam we got other videos for you to check out we got a brand new podcast that you're gonna enjoy we chat about buyers regret oh it it gets painful i'm warning you some of these stories hurt. have a great week